0: First of all, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm I'm grateful to just have the opportunity. When Pastor Andy reached out to me about sharing the word, uh, my first response was, sure, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but absolutely, right? But then God starts to reveal stuff to you. He starts to tell you exactly what you need to say, even before you recognize that that's what you need to say. Um, little story about myself, not really a story, but a fun fact. I I was thinking about this on Monday would make 10 years since my dad passed. And I would love to say that gets easier for myself and for my family, but it doesn't. And so I spent this week just thinking about my dad, you know? I I cried, I tried to ignore it, I watched a lot of Modern Family. And so I started thinking about the last 10 years, every moment where I thought I wasn't strong enough, every moment where I thought I could ignore it, every opportunity where I figured, oh man, I am caring way too much to move forward. Or other times where I tried to force myself to care too little. And ultimately we're all on a journey. Sometimes there are high points. Sometimes there are low points. There are parts of that where we do that alone. There are parts where we get to celebrate and do that together. But from the moment when we are born, we start a journey. Some of those chapters are awkward, like high school. Some of those parts are painful, like loss. Or they're wonderful, like childbirth. But each and every one of us, regardless of race, color, and creed, get to come to the same conclusion that this journey is complicated. It could be complicated good, it could be complicated bad, it could be somewhere in between, but you still fall to the words, it's complicated. That's what I said for like 10 years, if you asked me how it was going, it's good, but I got this stuff in the background. Always there that I'm figuring it out and I would love to say that it's less complicated, but human beings are complicated by nature. We complicated ourselves. And I see faces out there like, obviously it's complicated. I know I'm living complicated right now. In this moment, my life is complicated. My marriage is complicated. My work is complicated. If I turn on the news, it's complicated. Every aspect of just existing, Is complicated. And you're right, I don't have to tell you that. So instead I have a question, how do we fix it? How do we move from it being less complicated? How do we get it better? Uh, When I got married, I realized that I had graduated to a really special job and that job was putting together all the stuff my wife orders online, right? It's, it's everything I ever dreamed of, right? And so I'll get these orders that come in and I go get my tools and everything like that. And I'm making room on the floor and I start building. And I always get to a part where either something's not fitting right or it's not going the way that I wanted to. And it's like clockwork. It's like she knows every single time. My wife will pop around the corner. Did you read the instructions? <laughs> yes, I, I read the instructions. I wouldn't have started without reading the instructions. I might have read only like a page or two. But I, I read something. And then I'll get another question. Did you organize the pieces? Uh, they're laid out here, of course. Then I'll get another question and another question and another question. But like the fifth question, I figured it out. Or really, my wife asking so many questions helped me figure it out. But that's kind of the point. When something's not working, when it's complicated, when I'm kind of lost, it's the questions that clarify it. It's the questions that make it simpler. And in our faith, in our walks <laughs> with God, in our community, in everything that we're doing, if we're saying that everything is so complicated, then we have to start asking different questions. And asking questions is hard. It's revealing. Sometimes the answers are answers we don't like. Or more than anything, I just don't want to face the fact that I'm wrong. And man, do I hate being wrong. And so if we're asking the question, how do we fix complicated? When it comes to our journey, how we walk from place to place, be it at work our marriages, our families at school, then it's about asking the right questions. And in Genesis 24, there's like this awesome story that I think highlights just some amazing questions that we ask. Uh, The backdrop to this is uh, Abraham is starting to look for a wife for his son. And so he's getting ready to send his servant out. And so if we start at verse 24, and and I'll read it. It's okay. I don't mind. But if you have your Bibles, perfect time to pull it out or on your phone. Uh, I think on the app, it has it as well. And it reads like this, Abraham was now very old and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the senior servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living. But will you go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son, Isaac? Right there, Abraham is giving a command to his servant. It's really clear, really direct, right? It's a swear to me, this is what you're going to do. And so from that moment on, it is clear to that servant, hey, this is the person who sent me. I've made a promise to him. There's no guessing about it. I know who sent me. And so the first question that we end up asking ourselves is, who sent you? When you go to work, who sent you? When you come home, who sent you? When you're at the grocery store, who sent you? When you're talking with your friends, who sent you? If you want to ask it a different way, If you're being observed, is it evident that your body, your heart, your mind, your soul is in ownership to Christ? Is that super clear? If we were just watching you, are you showing up to places with the intention of, I was sent here by God. Everything had to work perfectly for me to be here in this moment, so I don't take it for granted. Or are you just there leaving other people to wonder who sent you? Because to the servant, it's clear. It's like Abraham and his God are sending me on this thing. I've sworn it. I don't have a question in my mind. And so everything going forward for the rest of the passage starts with that starts with the level of ownership, the responsibility that comes with that. A lot of times, I forget who sent me. In the last 10 years, I've had a lot of forgetting. It it didn't matter if I was with a group of friends in my early 20s and I thought, yeah, man, I'll go to a whole bunch of parties because I'd rather not deal with the pain in my own heart And at that point, I'm sure people would ask, who sent me? Or on the flip side, in my later 20s, I was a workaholic. Didn't matter how much work there was to be done, I'd do more. Give up more, sacrifice more. Because that was easier. And though it was good work, probably if you ask my family, they would be asking the same question, who sent me? Because I was a shell of myself by the time I got home. I wasn't as intentional or loving. And that's just as hard. So this question of who sent you becomes pivotal in everything. Because when you know who sent you, you know how to act when you get there. You know how to treat people. You know how to talk. How to care for one another. Because it's not just about you figuring it out. It's about being a reflection of the one who sent you. Right? Keep keep going down in verse 5. The servant asked him, What if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from? Make sure you do not take my son back there, Abraham said. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land and who spoke to me and promised me on oath, saying to your offspring, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son there. Second question. Are we trapped in the lie that obedience means perfection? Uh, The servant does this really kind of funny thing, right? Because few verses before, Abraham lays out exactly what he wants him to do. And in verse five, first thing that creeps out is doubt. What if she doesn't come? And then the second thing that happens If she doesn't come, can I do this? Shall I go get your son, bring him back? He's already adding (laughs) to what God had, or what Abraham had asked him to do. Coming from a place of fear and anxiety, right? Finding the wife for someone, that's a big deal. That's a lot of pressure. He doesn't want to get it wrong. He wants to ensure that for future generations, he's making the right decision to the point that he's willing to change the instructions just a little bit. And we do that constantly. There have been moments in my life where I heard God clear as day say, listen, you need to go pray for this person. Or you know better. You can be kinder. Go spend time with your family. And in those moments, I say, yeah, absolutely. But what if I have a project that comes up and starts running a little bit late? Can I push it? Or, "Ah, yeah, but this person's a pain in the butt. Can I shift it just a little bit? Maybe I'll just send a nice card instead of being with them. We start to take the directions, and because it's not the perfect circumstance, we use that as an excuse either not to be obedient or to change the instructions. And the amazing thing that Abraham ends up doing in this moment is he clarifies it back, but the awesome thing is he makes it clear that listen, it's not necessarily the result. I just need you to follow what I'm telling you. Right? So looking at verse 8, if the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from this oath of mine. It is not uh do as I say and force people. As Christians, we have to remember that. We are not in control of the responses of other people. We're in control of following God with all of our hearts. And that fear of wanting it to be perfect and justifying it with pleasing God is a lie. You can follow God and not force others. And we don't have to be so fearful of what if this isn't perfect he's not looking for perfection he's looking for your progress towards him for every step on your journey day by day now we're going to jump a little bit as you can imagine the servant takes that information and he says all right i'm going and he starts on his journey and jump into verse 12 Then he prayed, Lord God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant, Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. When's the last time y'all prayed specifically? Not a general prayer, but really, really specific. You prayed for the moment that you're in, for the words you're about to say, you're taking it all in the situation that you're in and you're praying to God, hey, this is where I am. I need your words. The servant in that moment had just gotten there and he's praying. I look back at the last 10 years of my life and I always think to myself, man, if only I was willing to pray. If only I was willing to pray. If I took a beat and actually looked at what was going on around me and prayed for it. Instead of just taking the instructions that I had or whatever I felt like I had to do and just doing it, I wish I had prayed. Uh, A lot of times when we end up praying, we pray in like these really non specific, generalized ways, especially publicly. But if we truly believe that prayer is powerful, that it's this moment to commune with God, why are we taking it for granted? Why do we feel the need to be shy with God? The judgment's not there for that. He wants you to pray specifically, because in praying specifically, it takes vulnerability. You have to sit there and actually say, this is what's going on with me right now. And that's really hard to do. And then when you take that a step forward, (laughs) And you're with a group, whether it's a small group or anything like that. And you're saying, I need you to pray for me. I got some stuff going on at home. And sometimes it's a comfort thing. But you'd be amazed what would happen if you prayed specifically for what's going on. There are moments and opportunities that God just wants to run in there for you. But we're more concerned about being shy or having a perfect image in prayer of all things. Servant shows a valuable lesson of, hey, as you go on your journey, even when you're about to start something you have clear instructions on, pray specifically, pray for your words Pray for the people around you. Pray and pray and pray. Now, later on, and I know like on the screen it's set up until like verse 14, but I wanted to keep going. (laughs) You know, and the reason for that is, is because when you look at the story of the servant and he keeps going, there's this really cool moment. A, it's a moment that I keep going back to over and over and over again. And it, it happens between verses 34 and 48. In, in those verses, he's presented with uh, Rebecca's family. And he is so consumed with his journey and story that he doesn't even eat until he shared it. And it's actually basically a retelling of the verses directly before it, going line by line. Hey, I talked to my master Abraham. He sent me here. I was told I was going to walk with God. I walked with God. I got to the well. I prayed these words. Like he's going step by step by step. And that's what does the convincing. It wasn't the flashy stuff that he brought with him. It wasn't the name. It was the sharing of his story, of his journey and walk with God. God has called each and every one of you to something beautiful and powerful. And each one of our journeys look different. Some of us are ready to start a brand new chapter. Some of us want to stay in this chapter just a little bit longer. But most importantly, as Christians, we're called to share it, to tell others. The good and the bad, exactly as it's happened. A lot of times in in my life, I like to downplay stuff. I either downplay how bad it was, or sometimes how good it was out of fear of, oh, I'm bragging or anything like that. But every time you talk to an individual in moments of vulnerability... Why would you want to leave any parts of God's story out? Because it's in those moments that people connect with you. When you're saying, hey, when my life was on the rocks, God is the one who pulled me out. I don't have to be perfect in this church space because I'm progressing towards God and I want to tell you about it. I can't even eat until I tell you about it. That's what God wants for us. He wants your journey to be something you shout from the rooftops, not because it's perfect, but because it reflects a journey with him of you continually going back. If it was all sunshines and rainbows, we wouldn't need Christ. And a lot of Christians and believers have this idea that that's the only part I can share. Let me just talk about the blessings. Let me only post the blessings, this or that. The reason why I started with just talking about, hey man, (laughs) I'm about to hit 10 years and I've probably cried way more this week than I have in a very long time is because it's not all sunshines and rainbows. And we have to be more vulnerable as a church, as Christians, and show people that I'm still clinging to God in the low. And I need to tell that story because that is also part of my journey. It hasn't gotten easier for me as the years has gone on, but it has gotten simpler. I know who sent me. I know there's a God that claims ownership of me. I know that obedience doesn't have to be perfect. I'm going to mess up, I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm focused on moving forward. And that's the most important thing. I know that I have to pray more and pray specifically for the situations that I'm in. And I know that the way I get results is just by sharing it. Sharing it with you, sharing it with others. Pointing back to God through all of it. And that's what we're called to do. I... I hope those questions help because <laughs> they've helped me over the years. And I really do pray for each and every one of you guys that looking at that, looking at your lives and the journey, no matter what point you're in, that it becomes clearer for you. That it becomes simpler, not easier, but simpler. That you know... There's a beautiful and amazing God that is holding on to you. And he's the one who sent you. He's behind you, holding you tight. And there's a lot of power in that. But there's a lot of responsibility too.